So this week we have uh, one of our first guests from our podcast joining us again to continue a conversation. We have Don Cox. Uh, Don is currently the CTE, the Chief Technology Evangelist. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, so he's the chief, the chief technology evangelist for cyber, CBIR, the Cyber Battle Institute of Readiness. No, nope. CIBR. CIBR. And uh, they do cyber training and cyber evaluation for companies to evaluate their resiliency and their readiness in the security side. Uh, Don's background is also as a CISO in the medical industry. And so the last time we were talking, we were discussing the importance of response time, how quickly uh, things are addressed and evaluated to be remediated and fixed. And Don, you were saying that really you felt that the resistance to automation in the industry and in security industry and in cyber industry uh, was a bit misplaced and misunderstood and that autonomy of fixing things or at least stopping things was critical to really any organization nowadays. And so I'd like to start in allowing you the chance to expand upon that perspective. Uh, and that's sort of where we had left off and truncated our conversation last time. Sure. Um, thanks for having me back. And um, yeah, the, um, the automation piece. So for the last, you know, let's see, 25 plus years I've been involved in, in uh, you know, let's just say criminal investigations of, of high tech crimes and and managing the security for networks. Um, there was always the comment about, it's not if, it's when it's gonna happen. It's how quickly can you identify it? Uh, there were some conversations, let's say 10 years ago, about some companies not finding vulnerabilities for you know, upwards of 12 to 18 months. I mean, by then, you know, all of your information's gone and whoever's inside owns it has already shared you, you know, access to your environment 16 times over. Right. Um, but just vulnerabilities and, and other things. I mean, humans can only do so much. And, and as Stanley and I have talked over the years, people don't invest in cybersecurity like they should. I'm still seeing articles with everything that's going on today where CIOs are frustrated. They're not getting the budgets and CISOs are, you know, not getting the budget. So, so look, how, how do we solve this problem? And the auto industry has done it, right? Automation. Yeah. Um, you know, logistics has done it, automation. So let's figure out how to automate. Let's start with the basics, right? If an event happens and we know the event, then based upon a series of um, answers to questions, right, we lock out an IP address or we block a port or we block a computer from being on network. This stuff exists. We're just not trusting it because people think if I do this, I could lose revenue or I would make my customer mad. And I think those days are gone. I really think that we need to start thinking about brand, um, reputation, you know, loss of data, loss of revenue, uh, loss of just you know, data loss prevention. You would think that people would just be like flocking to go out there and implement these things. So uh, that's my, it, yeah. you know, my We were talking last time is if it's automated and it stops mm -hmm. production or something, mm -hmm. um, to your point – of lost revenue or lost opportunity, the opportunity costs are there. 
it, it's not about stopping. It's about pausing more than anything else, really, right? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I, 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 I use this example when, when I was recently talking with somebody. Hey, look, you go to the supermarket, and nowadays they have the self-checkout um, counters, yep. right? You go up. If, if all the barcodes are there and, and you know, you don't have to show your ID because you buy an alcohol and you're over 21 or drugs, <laughs> you, you're in and out, you're gone, right? You never touch a human, you never see one. But on the back end, and this goes to, you know, the fallacy of automation, you still need to be able to service that, program it, monitor it. You know, yesterday I went to Lowe's and I'm military. And so the Lowe's gives a discount. Sorry if I mentioned names, but good for Lowe's. And... <laughs> And, you know, I'm like, where's the button that I can push to add my phone number and get my discount? The lady comes over. She's like, I'm sorry, you can't do that. You have to go to a checkout or I can do it for you. Wow, that's, you know, I thought this was automation. Same thing with um, the, the security tools that exist today. Somebody has to program it. Somebody has to monitor it. Somebody has to do the quality assurance on it. Somebody has to tweak it every time a new vulnerability. So, you know, yes. And, and to your point, if an event alerts, somebody's got to look at it and make it a decision. Now, here's the other conversation. What authority is that person given at that time <laughs> to make the decision? Can I open this up or can I lock it down? And, you know, so that's a whole nother conversation. But I'd rather err on the side of, hey, all the time, breaches. Um, yeah, well, a former employee just uh, exfiltrated a, a thousand different files last night. We fired them this morning. Well, why didn't you put them on a, a, a lockdown, you know, or at least monitor them? And why aren't they on DLP? And you should never let anybody take a thousand records out without knowing. So, yeah, I mean, Stanley. You know, it, gets to our, it gets to our point of it's augmented intelligence more than anything else, where that somebody has to set, has to evaluate why the system was paused and make a decision. Well, fully automated. Yeah, and, and this, will, this will get Stanley going because I think we've had this conversation before. There's no such... <laughs> We're, we are not at artificial intelligence in our, in our history at the moment. Um, if you, if you truly artificial, right, it's making its own decisions. It's learning. It's being taught. And there's no human intervention. It's free create. We're not there yet. Um, we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of at Ow. the machine learning. Yeah. We're at the machine learning part, you know, and, and uh, so. Yeah. Stanley, anything? When the expert's speaking, I better keep, keep myself motion. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know, yeah. And, and Don and I, we, we talk about all these, you know, what is now, what is going to be in the future. And automation is an important part. As I, we keep stressing why automation is important because the amount, it's just the sheer volume of it. And from right. um, InfoGuard, you know, when uh, 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 and I just learned and talking about and and, you know, cybercrime is a volume business now. Hmm. Yeah. So, and that was a great phase that I learned. And it is. And if we think about it, and Don, you were talking about it. I mean, back then, yes, people might be more of a, a, a special target hitting up on your company for data bridge for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. But not anymore. And when now... Kitty scripts and all the automation tools the cyber criminals are using is just the way they do business. It's just another day of work for them to automate their attack process and go after whatever they could find. Mm -hmm. And once they found it, they don't let you know. They're just going to stay there as long as they can and continue to monitor and capture whatever they can 
turn that information into financial value. Right. And like you said, sell it 16 times over. And a lot of people still have their heads stuck in the sand and thinking that I'm too small, you know, I'm not the target, you know, and I don't have anything for them to steal. And I don't have to budget. That's always the one that we, we heard about. But at the same time that I keep stressing out, you know, there are lots of solutions out there are free. It's just a matter of whether you want to take the time or your team want to take the time and utilizing it and use it for yourself. And at least a little bit is better than nothing. And got to start from somewhere. And from the criminal way of looking at it, it's like, yeah, it, you know, I'm going around the neighborhood and see whose door is open. And right now there are lots of doors are open and they just don't care. So they think it's, uh, you know, the good old days that I can leave the door open and nobody's going to come and bother me. I'm sorry. You know, the world has changed. That's all I can add. As I said, the expert is here. I let the expert <laughs> talk about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, you know, to add on to what you're saying there, let, let's just take some of the recent events um, that have occurred with breaches that, you know, one group was compromised, which caused the compromise of, of others. Right. Wow. You know, the thought process on the person behind that, you know, they must have gotten that from, I'm not going to attack the company anymore. I'm going to go attack its lawyers. I'm going to go attack its third part parties. And, and they, you know, they found a, a whale of a, of, of a capability to attack. Um, and, and so, you know, millions of lines of code make up a software application, right, that people use. There's no way for somebody to understand exactly what's in there and how much is in there. So let's automate the review. Every day we're going in there, right? The old days it used to be, you know, when you got open source, you got a hex um, value. And if the hex value didn't match, then it wasn't, you know, the version you downloaded. So, but let's go in and set some parameters. If the code changes by 5%, right? Well, then show me where it's changed and why it's changed. Even if you do that once a week, I mean, it wouldn't have been, what, 18 months now? You know, some of these are, are in there. The other part, I just want to throw in real quick. I mean, Google, when it first started, um, what a great product. But quickly, you know, we started seeing hackers, and this is back in my Secret Service Electronic Crime Force Task Force days, where they were using Google, and they were automating. So here we go. The hackers, you know, are using <laughs> the automation. And they would literally go out, and they would use Google to search Computers respond back with what? Their OS, their version, all these other kinds of things. So they were literally going out and querying every computer that was Google could touch, right? Because we know 60% of the network's hidden. Google can't see it, and 40, 30 or 40% you can't, right? So then what would happen is if it found a version that it had a known compromise for, it would dump it off into a file. And then somebody else, you know, the, the second newest guy, would go and take that and they would try to run the exploit against it. And Google's like, okay, we, we got to hide this somehow or shut it down from being used. So, you know, the hackers have been using automation since 1999, 2000. <laughs> when are we going to start using it? <laughs> Is there anywhere in an organization that you wouldn't use automation, Don? Uh... I wish I had something funny to say here, um, but I'd probably, I'd, probably, <laughs> I'd probably get myself in trouble. Um, any place you wouldn't use it. Well, I, I, you know what? I, the call, um, help desks. I, I, think, I think help desks are um, 
you know, when you're trying to automate that, it, it just causes problems because people inevitably, they, they're pushing the wrong buttons, they're hitting zero, or like the commercials you used to see, you know, big elephant, um, you know, crazy train, just to try to get to an operator. So that's probably one place I wouldn't use automation, although I mean, done right and, and using some technologies and some training, you could probably divert people from a lot of like, hey, if you're having a password problem, you know, go this direction. But other than that, so I think that's one place that you really need the kind of human interaction. So you're involved with an organization that does uh, cybersecurity training. Mm -hmm. And what do you tell people when you're – so it sounds like in some, to some people zero, I'm sure, that you're training people and you're promoting automation. Isn't that taking the positions of the people you're training? No, we're, we're actually training people to use the automation so they can do more, right? So one of the, one of the companies that I'm actually um, working with, um, and can I, I can mention maybe some names? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A company called, <laughs> company called R-Threat. Um, Stanley's familiar with them. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it. You've seen the product. They're automating um, the, the breach and attack emulation, you know, in a network to show where your vulnerabilities are in the entire system. Right. So from from, you know, the, the endpoint being the target and then from there being able to uh, laterally move into other environments. Right. Our threats checking out your IPS, your IDS, your your firewalls, all this kind of, everything in the, in the staff. So uh, we're training people how to use that so that they can become more effective at, you know, instead of running a pen test once a year. Wow. You know, when are we going to stop that? We can now automate it and run a pen test once a day or, you know, once a week or, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, and also from, from the perspective of cyber, the company that I'm with, right, that, that also focuses on hiring and, and or staffing companies with cybersecurity professionals because of the large gap in, in that space. Um, you know, we're teaching people how to use and, and um, you know, we can jump on this conversation too, right? Um, risk risk related project products that are automated, right? So today, the only visibility you have into your entire organization and the risks that are involved are when somebody goes out and does an assessment, right? Whether it's related to Sarbanes-Oxley, PCI, HIPAA, um, right. you know, FISMA, or, or something like that, you know, along the government. I mean, but automating the 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 log file pulls from the environment to say whether you're red green, red yellow green. And, you know, based upon risk, and if you're in a yellow, hey, you could lose this much money. I mean, that alone to me should be worth its weight in gold to a CEO or to a board. Get yeah. this put in the company so I can see where our risks are and what's going on. Well, let's hope so, Don, because you know you and I just had this conversation yesterday, and you are learning fast. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, when I'm when I was in the healthcare industry, you know, there's there's programs out there that can look at your entire EHR system and tell you whether or not somebody's snooping, right? Or looking at records they're not supposed to be looking at. Data loss prevention programs, they're out there. Yeah, they're cost, you know, expensive to set up and all that. But end of the day, you're going to stop records from flying out your organization. I mean, I, I, years ago, I looked at a product that actually. Uh, they called it the gold disk, gold image, and they locked down your entire data set and, and your data had um, had expiration times and dates on it. It had who could have access to it. You could actually send your data out to your, a law firm or another organization 
and they couldn't pass it on to somebody else because it was virtualized and it was locked down. As soon as you said take the access away or the time limit expired, it was gone. I'm like, wow, why doesn't this company just blow up? And, and well, because it's expensive to implement and companies <laughs> don't see the value. So, you know, they opt for the other version and just pay the $1.5 million fine later. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, but another point that, to that is, you know, we partner with the CIS and then they do have, you know, and they're a nonprofit organization. And that's what I keep pushing a lot of our customers. I say, look, there is alternative instead of paying the high expensive route there are tools out there there are solutions out there that is available and ci has been around for 20 years and that's part of what they do is set up the golden image benchmarking for all the machines or pretty much most of the machine you have including the cloud environment and then at the same time that they you know, have tools that to do this type of automation. It's not 100% automated, but at least that you don't have to look through 271 policies within your Windows 10 environment manually. So these type <laughs> of the process, it's available. It is out there and they actually give out the scores and that's what we're doing and tied it in, in to align that into the compliance issues, the GLC. And these are the things that what we are doing but at the same time, I said, well, we are not re reinventing the wheel. Right. There are solutions out there that is vastly available. It just takes a little bit more time. Yeah. And that go back to your case, Don, you know, that's one part, of course, in our business that you cannot replace is the you know, security analysts, the network right. engineers. You still have to have them to evaluate what those automations have done and continuously checking it. And, you know, I agree with you. It will never be 100% artificial intelligence. It will always be a machine learning capability. And that's what we keep emphasizing is the augmented intelligence is the human element into the technology and then that produce the process and it keeps circulating in those triage process to make the whole thing work. But you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more about what you're saying. You know, the criminals has been using this type of automation for 20 years, and we are so behind in terms of the business world. And there are so many tools. Google, you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, free uh, security tools, you know, the OSV and the TensorFlow that they invest into for the machine learning capability. So all of these are available out there. But of course, for most of the SMB, they don't have the resource to look into that. But now, you know, even in, in the government sector is looking into how to help the SMB to increase their cybersecurity posture. Because now it comes to the economics, is the financial impact that they <clears throat> incur and which, you know, our government wants to step in and protect those investments, protect those business. Mm -hmm. And it's because those money is gone. And, you know, I just heard, what, 67 billion of the COVID package has been siphoned off to some other country because of the spam. I was I was almost onto my floor. It's like 60, some 63 or 67 yeah. billion dollars yeah. in such a short term. It's just within one year, right? And Boy, those criminals are so fast and, and so smart in a way. You know, it's like, and unfortunately, on the other end, all, most of the business owners that still got their heads stuck in the sand. I'm sorry to say, 
but yeah, I know that yeah. I'm going to get crucified when I walk out there. Well, to, to your point about the 67 billion loss, I was actually, I was on the Recovery Accountability and Transparency Board, which oversaw the Stimulus Act money that went out between 2009 and 2013. And our Chairman of the board went and testified against con to against to Congress. <laughs> Not against. <laughs> probably a yeah, good word, but the wrong one. Um, and and he said that you know the national average for fraud is about five percent. So if somebody quickly did the math and oh. said, "You tell me that five percent of seven hundred eighty-seven billion, um, oh. which which turned into eight hundred forty billion, is going to be fraud?" And he said, "Yes, that's the national." He comes back to the office, he gets those team together, and he goes, "You need to put a system together for me." That doesn't make me look like a fool because I just told them we're going to lose 5% of our money. When a third party did an audit at the end, now whether we're lucky or we're that good, um, we wound up with 0.05% fraud against uh, American re reinvestment re uh, money, right? The R money. So yeah. it's, it's because of some of the automation, the things that were put in place, right? The eyes on it. So the one thing I want to talk on real quick, and uh, we got time for this, cyber insurance. I think, you know, legislation changed the deaths, you know, by saying that manufacturing, people had to start wearing seatbelts, right? They had to put seatbelts in. So that helped, right? There is some government regulation that helped with Sarbanes-Oxley, with Graham-Lieberman, all these different things. But it just doesn't seem to be a legislation that can impact overall um, how people are protecting themselves. What I'm hoping is... Um, cyber insurance, right? The, the insurance industry will help regulate, hey, if you want cyber insurance, it's going to cost you X number of dollars. If you put these things in place, if you have automation in place, if you have an MSSP, if you have a risk program, if you, right now your premiums can go down. And I'm hoping that helps to, to reg or, you know, change how, how we look at automation, how we look at cybersecurity in organizations. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, thank you, Don, that you hit it on another important point of our program and our platform. It is we do offer the cyber insurance to our customer, and basically it is part of the service we're offering. It's not everything, but at least that there is a stopping point is to cover our let's we are human too we all make errors so in case that the, our client got hacked and they got the data bridge there is a third party company a cyber insurance company that they directly work with and to get uh, their cyber insurance coverage and as part of our offering that we do give that as you know and, and we keep saying that of course thank you for the opportunity to do a little bit sales in here yeah. so uh, it basically it's a cost of a cup of coffee to you know on a monthly basis or maybe a fancy cup of coffee but it is nevertheless it is in that kind of range we're talking about and that also get them on board with the cyber insurance already it's a quarter million dollar coverage and insured by a third party company that actually in case that there is something happened and you and i talked about another aspect of the cybersecurity, you know insurance as well it is now there is no way to measuring it and it's very hard to measure and I would like to hear a little bit more thought in, into that from your point of view. How would the cyber insurance actually help the company to do better in terms of the cybersecurity posture? Is that an incentive or is it just, oh, now that I have a cyber insurance, I don't have to worry about anything? 
Yeah. Well, you know, a number of things with the insurance companies. Okay. Um, so recently I was having a conversation and, and the person asked me, they're like, okay, you know, if you were to take a role as a CISO, would you outsource your, your SOC or your security program or would you insource it? And I said, well, two different conversations. If we're just talking to SOC, I would outsource it. If you want me to build it, I can, but it's not going to be as effective as outsourcing it to, to MSSP and, and, and a whole bunch of reasons why. Um, from a cyber, and, and then so in the same conversation, he's like, well, you know, have you had any experience talking with insurance companies? I said, yes. And he says, in what fashion? I says, well, I'm the CISO and, you know, we have healthcare records and, and, and um, financial records, and all kinds of things, depending on which role I was in. They want to know how I'm protecting them. So I give them this big, long speech. I talk about what we're doing today, what I've done in the last six months, what I got planned for the next 18 months. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling really good. At the end of it, the guy goes, okay, how many medical records do you have? Told him. He goes, all right, time's this. Here's your insurance cost. I go, do I get any credit for any of the things that I'm trying to implement? And the guy goes, uh, no, we're not there yet. And I says, okay, but how do I go to the board? How do I go to the CEO? And how do I justify these expenditures if I'm not getting any, any credit on, on my cyber, um, you know, uh, um, you know, premiums or anything along those lines. Um, so that's one thing. But the other is the cyber insurance companies have invested in partnerships. So let's just take some of the like really big ones, right? A Lloyd's of London, or I wish I knew some of the other big ones. Not that. No, Johnny Hans. Chubb. 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 Yeah, know. Chubb's a great yeah. one. They actually have relationships with companies that they'll give you for free to come in and do assessments or to, or to recommend, <clears throat> you know, evaluate tools or, you know, if you have a breach, they're your partner to go to because they, you know, they have the relationships with the companies that are very notable in, in the organization to help. So, so I, I think it's years ago, it's, you know, like you would keep the insurance company at, at, at a distance because you didn't want them to know what you're doing. And I think that's going to change. I think your insurance companies have become a partner in, in your cybersecurity posture. Right. And, and, and that's going to help be, um, you know, we talked about yesterday with, with some risk tools. If I can, like like the progressive, um, whatever that thing is, snap, or, you know, you put it in your car. <laughs> if, if, if I'm feeding, you know, my near real time uh, information to my insurance company on the status of my, um, my environment, then maybe, you know, my premiums are going to go down next year or I'm going to get rebates. Uh, there's a co commercial out there with State Farm where the guy drives a mile and he gets charged, you know, for, for like the dollar 40 for the day for insurance. Um, so I, I think, you know, when that, that's what I see happening in the future is this relationship um, and, and causing some change in the organization in, in you know, in the environment. Perfect. Perfect. I think this, yeah, this is great to wrap us up. And that's a good takeaway because you're right. And there are, programs out there for people to tap into to partner with different organizations to take advantage of their offering because right now there are so many you know tools and solutions out there that everybody wants to be different you know uh, in the market world and i think that you know for 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 the audience, for our audiences, they can take advantage of those and just talk to their service provider, talk to the cyber insurance. And, you know, thank you, Don. We are working on that as well and try to, you know, working with the cyber insurance to enhance that uh, process and providing 
the more value to our customers. And at the same time, I think that the automation, it is a great part of the process. We just need to execute it correctly and we just need to advance our, open up our mind and advance to the level pretty much like the cyber criminal. You know, we got to do some catch up in that uh, aspect of things. It's going to be the customer, like you said, Don, it's going to be the customer pushing the insurance company, reduce my premiums because I'm doing all of this. And right now, the insurance companies aren't willing to listen to what companies are doing. They're just, like you said, that's our cost. That's our price for insurance. Done. Don't care how much you have, how you're protecting it. There's no way to really value it because it's intangible data. But we estimate it's going to be this. And right now, it's a printing press of cash for insurance companies. Mm-hmm. They're just making tons of money doing this right now. And, you know, it's going to be the customers building the right things, using the right tools, having the right solutions in place to be able to prove to the insurance company, I know my values are spending this much to reduce my premiums. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So, well, Don, I appreciate you joining us for the chat this week. It's been a good one. I'm sure and, we're going to uh, get you back again. Enjoy. I think we'll oh, get yeah, back. Absolutely. I think opening up the topic of the uh, bass and doing that to penetrate networks versus the uh, penetration automation and continuous penetration testing that we're talking about doing with NetSwitch, mm-hmm. I think will be another interesting conversation. The comparing the two things because I know bass is an up and coming topic within the cybersecurity industry. Yeah. So if, if that doesn't work, we could talk about Mandalorian. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait for the next season to come out. All right. Well, Don, thanks for thanks for joining us this thanks, week. Don. And again, if you want to know more about Don, you can visit him on LinkedIn or check out the company he's working with, which is again, it's Cyber C I B R, the Cyber Institute for Battle Readiness. Don, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Don. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Take care. Take care, guys. Thanks.